Today's topic is going to be really fun for me because I have been getting a lot of questions about managing remote employees. 2020 really shook up the game on this. I have been working from home for 23, 24 years now. When COVID happened, I was like, hey, now everybody can join what me and Josh are doing because we've been working from home for so long and it's so just second nature to us. In fact, we've been doing video calls and Skype calls and things like that with clients for years and people always had an aversion to it. They would push back on, oh, this old video thing. And now you can't even have a first call with somebody without them almost demanding you're on Zoom. They just like, I, I just can't talk to you on the phone, right? We've become so well-trained and that's part of what COVID did for people. COVID reset expectations on using video. It reset expectations on working from home. And now it is a part of our culture in a way that it just never has been, at least for people outside of us. Again, we were used to this for 20 something years. We're just finally glad everybody else caught up with us. So that, that's really nice. But what I find is when you have a group of people who don't like something, like there was such a large group of CEOs and managers that were very, very opposed to working from home and this whole remote philosophy, and now you force them to do it. There is a tendency to really overcompensate for all of the disdain for this type of thing. I found a lot of people out there, whether it was leaders or managers or entrepreneurs that were talking about this topic, the focus, in my opinion, was either way far to the left or way far to the right on the spectrum of either being micromanaging or being so loose with their requirements that it just caused problems. Like, so on the micromanagement side, like I want you logged into Slack. I want to know that you are doing something. And then you would see videos of people where they're tying like little desk fans to their mouse so that they can go to the bathroom and let the fan move their mouse every two seconds so that it shows up that they're active on their computer because people were monitoring that garbage. People are literally monitoring if there was more than a 10 minute break between you touching your mouse. Think about that for a moment. Now there's times where I'm reading something or I'm working on something. I may not touch my mouse for 15, 20 minutes because I'm doing something else and it's not on the computer. That's how far we are on the micromanaging side. On the other side, you had people that were like, oh, well, just clock in whenever you want. And as long as the work gets done and it doesn't matter if it's two or three o'clock in the morning, which I believe that to an extent. And then they would find themselves where they were like, man, you know, Susan hasn't logged in her computer in three days. What's going on? Why isn't Susan logged in? And it's like, well, you told Susan it didn't matter. She did all of her work for the week, the whole 40 hours. She did it on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and she's taken the rest of the week off because that's the expectation you set. I think there's a really happy middle ground to this whole philosophy. And today, that's what I want to talk about. When you are managing remote employees, there's a very good middle ground and it starts with focusing on outcomes, not time management, or should I say time micromanagement. When you're hiring adults, let's just start with this. We're going to start with a hard one out of the gate. When you're hiring adults, they need to be able to manage their time. You don't need to manage their time. You do not need to run an adult daycare. I've said this in many other podcast episodes, reiterated today, you're not running an adult daycare. You're running a business. And in your business, you should not care about a lot of different things that your people do because they should be responsible enough to manage their time and get their job done. 
you're going to have situations where you have employees on site or employees that work from home and work for the government, managing call centers and things like that. And in those situations, it is very important that they are logged into their system at nine o'clock. It's very important that they log out for lunch at 11, log back in at 12, and they're logged in for the rest of the day till five o'clock or whatever that is. It's very important in those situations, but there's a lot of things in between and after that that don't matter. So focus on outcomes, not time management. It's not necessarily about how many calls someone makes. It's about how many sales they make, right? It's not about the calls. It's about the sales. You don't care if they have to make 20 or 100 calls to get a sale. You just want them to get the sale, right? Same thing comes with like customer service. I've seen people be like, well, you know, this person's been on the phone 20% longer than the average person. Well, how many callbacks do they get? You know, if they're doing customer service or like technical support, how many callbacks they get? I used to be this way. The average person would spend 25, 30 minutes on the phone, but they get six callbacks. I would spend maybe 45 minutes on the phone and get no callbacks. Or if somebody called back and asked for me, it was a different issue. They're like, I just want to work with you because I fixed it the first time I called, right? You've got to be objective about the data you're collecting there and focus on what matters, not these I would call them these silly metrics that they look interesting, but they really don't matter. Again, the calls one is a really simple one. I used to work with a company. It's like, I need everybody on the team to make a hundred calls a day. Well, what if I can get the same results in 20 or 25? And what if I have a bad day and I have to make 200? Because if I only make a hundred calls and I don't hit the goal in sales, I didn't do my job that day, right? The person was focused on the wrong metric. And so you need to focus on the right metric, which are outcomes, not time management. If somebody's responding to RFPs or whatever it is, how many of those are they doing a month? Not how many did they review? Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. The next step here is kind of tied to the first one where you need to set clear expectations. You need a dedicated professional workspace. I don't want to see somebody's bed in the background. I just don't. I don't want to see their bed. I don't want to see their laundry. I don't want to see any of that garbage. A dedicated professional workspace. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be all set up with lights and all the stuff that we have in our workspace. It doesn't have to be that way. Dedicated and professional. The next one is if that person has a young child at home or a pet at home, they need a dedicated babysitter or pet sitter or someplace to like for us, you know, somebody else is watching the dog or like my dog is outside while I'm recording or if I'm in a meeting, I may put them in their laundry room because they have this really nice bed thing in their laundry room. They can go sit and just chill out in. They need a dedicated space so that you don't have a baby on your lap during a meeting, not with a client. You just don't need that. I've seen that too many times and it's husbands, wives, doesn't matter. People, they have their cat walking through the screen and look, I'm, I am recently a cat owner. It's one of those things. I shut my door now because I don't want that stinking cat. <laughs> I don't want to get into the cat thing, but she's been interesting. We do love her. I'll admit that it's on video and audio now, but it's one of those things where for whatever reason, 
My dog is the same way. My dog will hear me fire up the podcast. And just before I recorded this podcast, he got up and was like, hey, what you doing? And I'm like, all right, buddy, I'm going to put you out and then I'm going to do the podcast. Now, if you're doing things with your team and your team is a little bit relaxed, maybe it's a social thing with your team. Who cares if your kid's in the room screaming, whatever, have them on your lap, have the cat on your lap or on the desk. That's cool. But when you're meeting with clients, you're going to run across somebody that gets annoyed that you couldn't find a babysitter, that you couldn't deal with your animal in some way. Now, look, things happen. People wind up in situations where there was no one that could watch the baby and you're the one dealing with it. And that's just the way life is. For whatever reason, that's when the baby decided to start screaming. You got to do something about it. You can excuse yourself from a meeting. You can ask to reschedule. You can do those kind of things. But when you're meeting with clients, you need to be aware of those kind of things. And that just needs to be an expectation. Look, I'm cool with you tending to the baby, you know, after that. But during our client meetings, man, I really need you focused. Okay. I really need that. There's some people that can focus, but I've been in meetings where I'm like, this is just going nowhere. We're, we're just going to reschedule. We're just going to have to. It's a simple thing that you should be able to do. Here's another thing. I like to see people dress professional for client meetings. Now, professional doesn't mean a suit and tie, doesn't necessarily mean a dress shirt, but it does mean they shouldn't be in their workout clothes all sweaty and nasty and that kind of stuff. You'll see me in hoodies every now and then, but they're clean. They are professional. Even the hats and different stuff like that, you'll see very simple clothing, not, again, shirts with holes in them, stains all over it, milk running down the front or any of that kind of stuff. I've seen that on calls. The expectation is you're dressed professional. Another one is I'm able to reach you during business hours. If it's during our business hours, I should be able to text, email, or call and get a call back. I don't necessarily need you to answer every single time, but I should get a call back in a reasonable amount of time. If I called you at lunch today, I should not go a whole day without hearing from you. I should hear back from you in the same day, whether it's an hour from now or three hours from now, same business date. Now, if I call you 10 minutes before the end of the day, I expect you to reach out to me tomorrow. That's just the way it is. But set the expectations. Another one is communicating out of office time. If I know that you go to lunch every day at 11, I'm going to start expecting that. Oh, hey, they go to lunch every day at 11. They're usually back by 12, 1230 or whatever it is. That's fine. Hey, you know what? You've got an errand you need to run. Got to renew your passport. You've got to go to the post office to pick something up because the mailman didn't drop it off the house and you got to go to the post office. That happens to me sometimes. Or hey, you need to mail something for a client. You need to go down to the post office. And while you're there, you know what? You're going to do some grocery shopping because you're in town or whatever the deal may be. Just shoot a quick message to the team and say, hey, got a couple errands to run. I'll be back in the office later. If you need me, I'm on my cell phone. That's all it is. And then the last one is having clear goals and metrics for your project and work. If you have clear goals and metrics of, hey, this is how many calls I'm going to make. This is, hey, we're working on a web development project and here are my milestones that I'm going to be meeting this week. If you have those things and you're meeting them every single week, your managers, your boss should not have a problem with what's going on. You as the manager should not have a problem with an employee that's hitting their metrics. So what if they are done every day by two o'clock? Doesn't matter. If they're hitting all their goals and metrics, you should be okay with that. Here's the last couple of ones I want to talk about. 
One is you do need to create a space for the team to connect. Regular meetings and or email communications is a really good thing where you're actually showing up on video calls like this and you are giving them some time to see each other and talk. I like using the phone. I like using video. Instant messengers like Skype and Slack and all that kind of stuff, while they're nice, it's just not the same. I don't want the relationship for my employees to be driven by Skype or Slack. I want them to actually see each other and interact with each other like people, like they would if they were in an office. That's the benefit of the video side of it. Even talking, you get more out of being on the phone than you do out of Skype or Slack. It's just easier. If somebody is just sending email communication, you never talk to them or anything like that, you can't develop a really good relationship. You can't really judge the small things like their tone of voice and stuff like that. Oh, this is funny and joke around and things like that. You can't do that in Slack near as much. Now I see people get snarky and that's one thing, but there's just something about being on the phone that is a game changer. I also recommend social time. So whether it's a book club, a wine tasting, a virtual movie night, a virtual sports night where you're all going to watch the big Super Bowl game, Sugar Bowl game, whatever it is together. And you're not really going to work. You're going to have it on. You're going to have your food and drinks and things. You're going to chit chat while you're watching the game. Maybe half the company is on one team, half's on the other, and you're going to you know, give each other crap the whole time. Those are fun things to do that just help bring the team together. And when you do that, it makes it easier to manage the team, which brings me to my final point about connecting is celebrate your wins. If you're celebrating your wins, all of these things tied together, make it easier to manage. Now, there's a couple more bullet points here for you. One is about gifts. Don't underestimate company swag. People love company swag, whether it's the pullover that I'm wearing today in another video, I was wearing, you know, a hat in the pullover. There's other company swag that I think is really good stuff for people. It just makes them feel part of the team. They like to wear their company stuff, especially if it's good stuff, but journals, gift cards to restaurants, hiking gear, things that promote fun, movie tickets, whatever it may be, sending bottles of bourbon. We did a bourbon exchange thing, you know, on LinkedIn over the holidays. And that was a good one. There's little things like that, that you can do that just make people feel appreciated, make them smile. I remember when I opened the first couple of boxes of bourbon that I got, I was like a little kid. I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, and I'm not that big a bourbon guy. I just thought it was a fun thing. It made me smile, made me think of that person and just think, oh, that's really nice. I feel good about this, right? That's how you want people thinking about your company. The more positive things you can get them to think about your company, the easier it is to manage because they love working for you and for the company in that environment. They feel valued and that's important. It really is. The last thing I'll say is trust your team. Just trust your team. Hire the right folks. That's really important. Hire the right folks, trust your metrics, and fire the wrong folks. If you do those things, it will do wonders for your company. Because I'll tell you, one wrong employee can sour all of the rest. So don't let anybody do that. Don't let anybody get away with a bunch of garbage. Make sure you've got your clear expectations. You've created that space for them to connect. You know what the goals and the metrics are that they need to follow and hold people accountable to that. If you do those kind of things, it will make it super easy to manage remote employees. If you have questions about this, you know how to reach me. You can hop on LinkedIn or send me an email. Love to hear your thoughts on this one. And we'll see you next episode. 
I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.